You're tuned in to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. And today I have with me the awesome Allison Weiss. Uh, thanks for doing this, Allison. Appreciate it. Good morning. Yeah, so happy to be here. And and Allison, before we get started and dig digging deep into into like how you do recruitment and your business, can you tell us your story? Where were you born? Where did you grow up? What was your dream job growing up? <laughs> well, I have a very interesting origin story. So my dad was in the military, and oh. so I lived thirteen different places before I turned fifteen, which I think is a great training ground for being a recruiter because I've just never met a stranger, and I was constantly meeting new people, figuring out, you know, sort of what they were interested in, what I had in common with them, and building relationships. Was it mostly cities that you lived in, or did you get to live in like farms and the whole whole shebang? You know, that's a good question. So I lived in some places that were smaller and more rural, um, for sure. sure. I I actually grew up riding horses as well. So I spent a lot of time on the farm. Um, and, and working on the farm to defray some of the costs because that's an expensive hobby to have, um, yeah. but also lived abroad as a, as a kid. We were in Germany for, I want to say, four and a half years from the time I was okay. 18 months old until I was about four, four and a half or five. Um, but yeah, lived all over the place. Um, when I grew up, I think initially I wanted to be a veterinarian. And cool. then I then I saw what veterinarians had to do. And I don't have the stomach for that. It, I was a little squeamish. Um, so I actually went to college to be an art teacher. Um, cool. I certified K through 12. And then when I graduated, there were no jobs in teaching for, for specialist sort of and, subjects. And, and when was this? This was, was this like before the depression? Yeah. Right before the great recession, I graduated yeah. and thankfully I had been, um, a leader in my sorority. And so I was okay. able to get a coveted spot as a commercial or as a collegiate leadership consultants where I traveled the country. I stayed at the sorority houses and did that for six months. And then I found my way into the business world um, first as an executive assistant for a family office. And then I sort of fell into recruiting a few years after that. And just for people that don't know what a family office is, was this essentially like a mini hedge fund that, or or a hedge fund that was, that just had capital from one rich, wealthy family? Exactly. That's exactly what it was. So they were the um, primary shareholders of a company that founded hotels and theaters. And so they had a real estate background. Yep. And they were investing in different companies and starting um, restaurant franchises and things like that. So it was a a really fun job. Yeah. Cool. And, And how did you move into recruitment then? How did that happen? Yeah. So Back in the day when you used to put your resume onto Monster and Career Builder and companies could just find you and call you, I was found that way by a company called Farmers Insurance. Um, okay. So they're they're founded in California, a very big property and casualty and financial services insurance company. And they actually brought me in to interview as an agent. Um, and I said, you know, I don't really think this is for me. And they said, you know, we think you'd make a great recruiter. Would you ever consider that? And I thought, well, I recruited people into my sorority. I don't really know what, (laughs) I don't really know what recruiting is beyond that, but yeah, let me think about it. And so I met some of the other members of the recruiting team and I thought, 
yeah, I might be good at this. Um, and cool. they made they made me an offer I could not refuse. And like, what started, was was it like a lot more base pay, or was it like a crazy commission structure? Like it was a lot. It was a lot more base pay at the time. I want to say okay. I got maybe. I, so my first job out of college, I think I was making. I want to say thirty five or forty five thousand like dollars, like a very, very standard, fresh out of college, very job. standard, fresh out of <laughs> yeah. college job that, that yeah. truly I had no qualifications for either because <laughs> I'd gone to school to be an art teacher and was lucky to be making that. But I want to say when I came in, they made me an offer of fifty one five. And oh, I thought wow. a 50% I'm rich. Bump. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought yeah. I, you know, I that... can't pass this up. Um <laughs> And so I took the leap. I took the leap. I started recruiting agents. And then after eight months of recruiting agents um, in the Milwaukee office, which was in a suburb of Milwaukee, they fired my boss and they gave me his job. Um, Did that that include like another pay bump? It did include, it did include another pay bump and it included a car, which was very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and too, I want to say I was maybe 27 at the time. Um, and so I go from being an individual contributor and a member of the team to the leader of the team and the politics of that, um, was a little challenging because all of a sudden I am, you know, the youngest, one of the youngest people on the team. And now I'm everybody's boss. Yeah. Um, and, and you're probably and, making twice of what you started at in insurance. Yeah. And within like and three I, or four years. And I was um, living in a place where your disposable income went very, very far. It was before oh, yeah. I moved, moved to California. And so I had a good lifestyle and I had a good trajectory and I was being promoted and that's how I wound up in California um, and, and working out of the home office for farmers insurance and um, eventually found my way into the agency world after that. Cause I wanted to learn the sales side of the business and, and, and found- so another mm-hmm. quick question, right? So yeah. all this while that you were uh, a corporate recruiter and internal yes. recruiter, yes. Um, was there was there ever performance based compensation or commissions the way they have in agencies where you got paid every time you made a placement or every time you made a placement above or beyond a certain number every year or was yeah. it just like a flat like good job you'll get a good raise sort of thing you know they had what was called a stip plan a short term incentive plan and okay. so you had different metrics that you had to hit and so based on that the bonus pool would be funded to a certain percentage and i want to say it. that my t- my target bonus was maybe 20 or 25%. And it was pretty solid. It was pretty solid. And and my ability to hit that was pretty much under my control. So I I felt good about, you know, performing and and having some rewards associated with that. Sure. And, and how did you move to California then? Was it, was it just uh, a transfer? Did you ask for it? Did they push you for it? Like, how did it happen? Yeah, I actually showed up to work on a Tuesday and there were a lot of executives in the office and I was sort of confused. I didn't know what was happening and I was called into a meeting and I was told, Allison, congratulations, you're being promoted. We've created a new role in the home office for you. We want you to take all the things that you've done successfully and built in, you know, sort of the state of Wisconsin and create systems that are scalable that we can roll out to our expansion markets. And I said, oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Um, And they're like, you're starting next Tuesday. I was about to leave on a trip, um, a vacation with the person I was dating at the time. So they had to tell me, 
I went on this vacation. I got off one plane. I got on another plane, came to California. And then the first weekend I was really tired. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to stay here. I'll come home next weekend. My boyfriend broke up with me and I said, oh, I'm moving to California. (laughs) (laughs) New life. Yeah, totally new life. And it was it was good for me because I think, you know, I had gone to college in Milwaukee. I had a lot of friends in Milwaukee. It was starting to get really small. Um, And so for me, it was sort of taking a next step and a big leap on myself to go to California. And I had some friends out here. And how did you get your first agency job? Did you go out and try to get it? Or did someone reach out to you and they were like, hey, you make so many placements, you can make so much more money at an agency. How, How did it happen? Yeah, they found me. They found me and reached out to me. And I thought, oh, this is interesting um, because I am a really motivated person. When I had taken the job in the home office, the challenging part was I moved to California and then they put me on a plane like 80% of the time to places like Cleveland, Columbus, you know, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Um, And so I was, I wasn't doing, I was traveling a lot more and I had gotten away from the candidate side of the work, which I actually really loved. And so I thought, here's a way for me to go back and help candidates and help people, which is what I believe recruiting is really at the heart of it, just helping people um, and to make, to make more money and to learn something new and be challenged and stretched. And so that's how I wound up on the agency side. And do you remember how much you ended up making in in commission and base, like the first year at an agency, the first full year? My first full year, I think I was just shy of six figures. I think. I think my. That's all it, right? And that was that was was that more than whatever you were making before that? That was more because actually, when when I was promoted to my role in California, it didn't come with an increase. Um, Got it. it was sort of a lateral move, and and two, your dollar your dollar shrinks moving to California yeah. Hell <laughs> and yeah. in Wisconsin. Yeah. So for me, I was feeling the pressure of, you know, paying more than it. My, my rent in Wisconsin when I left was $595 a month for a wow. uh, one bedroom townhouse. Um, yeah. so California yeah, is different. <laughs> California is way, way different. I think I was able to find something for 11 or $1,200, but yeah. it was not in a good part of town. Um, and so those costs continued to go up. That's crazy. And 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 now you do you did this agency. Did, did you end up having a year where you broke six figures? At, I did. At the agency. I did at the agency. I was there, I want to say maybe a year and a half, almost two years. I found pretty quickly that I did not align from a moral standpoint with the with the folks in that particular office, but sure. also the company as a whole. Um, And I sort of felt like there's a fine line in our business of being successful and turning people into a commodity. And I found that there were some people that I worked with that were not being fully honest about where we were sending people. And that to me, I could not, I could not continue. Totally. And, And did you, was that the reason why you started your own agency or your own business? Or did you think that you could make more money doing it by yourself. And that's why you moved out. Like what was the primary reason of moving out? You know, my, my primary reason was actually something completely different. I guess when, so after the agency world, I went back in house, I went back in house and was working for a commercial real estate company. And I've been in commercial real estate since 2014. So I found right. an industry 
that I really, really loved. And it's vast. There are all these different facets of, of the business. And I had found myself in big brokerage. So the people who help people to buy and sell or lease space, that's the brokerage world. And that's what I was in. And the brokerage world is a little bit rougher from an environment standpoint. It's a little bit more... Um, more of a locker room sort of culture, unfortunately, at, at certain companies. And that was what I was experiencing. And I felt like I had learned everything I could learn from that environment and that part of the business. And I wanted to continue learning and growing. And so I wanted to work with smaller, more mid-sized values and growth-oriented companies that were trying yeah. to compete with some of the big companies that I had been working at. So for me, it was an opportunity. And I was asked all the time, like, hey, we're really sure. struggling to recruit this person or to recruit this particular role. Can you help us? Um, and my hands were tied. I wasn't able to really um, take Except on- to reject. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't your, you didn't have the power to do it. But now that you started doing it yourself, did you realize like- uh, one, were you happier the first year? Yes. I was infinitely more happy because I had so much more control over my oh. life. That, what, was, yeah. your, was your bank account happier after 12 months or was it flat <laughs> or was it, after was it 12, a little sad? You know, so any, any sort of sales business and recruiting yeah. as a sales business, it takes time to build a pipeline and for things to close and for you to get paid. Sure. And so I launched my company, I want to say late summer, early fall of 2019. And so yeah. I was starting to be paid in Q1 of 2020. My yeah. Q1 crushed my expectations for Q1. It actually was twice what I expected, which was well, great. Did you do like 30 or 40 grand or something? In, in Q1? I, I, I did. I did actually closer to 60. I want to say oh, wow. 60 or 70. So um, I, I, yeah, I crushed it. it. Top tier. I crushed it. Yeah. Top tier in my first quarter. And I was very excited. But then we know what happened in March of 2020. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so, so thankfully that, that amount of money was enough to sort of get me through the very <laughs> quiet times. And and so was the rest of 2020 like literally almost zero or like less than 20 grand like total or no that's a good question. I want to say I was probably I probably got another 50 grand in that's the not last bad. two quarters of the year. No, not it's bad. not bad for your that's first 12 years or for your first 12 months in business With and COVID. a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not bad. I, I felt really, really proud of myself for, for surviving number one. Yeah. And, and, um, but and how's this year going? Is it better than last year? Oh, this year is significantly better than last year. I would say that the pace of my industry specifically and my niche picked up pretty, pretty consistently around Thanksgiving of 2020 and has really sort of carried me through. I want to say if I did, if I did 120, uh, in the first in the first year, I'm probably on track closer to 250, and maybe and a little bit more than. And that. we want to take a pause here, right, Allison? Because this is a huge yeah. achievement, right? Making Thank making you. 200 or 250 thousand dollars by yourself yeah. without any yeah. infrastructure and support, and and no capital, right? It's not like someone wrote you a big yeah. investment check to start this. Bit. It's not like it's not like Daddy yeah. bought you a McDonald's, right? Like no, no. <laughs> it's, you know, you know, you're 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 doing all of this yourself. And, yeah. and, and, and so, you know, going back into like you setting up this business and you making it work, mm -hmm. like, what do you think were the top one, two or three things that like 
have gotten you to making 200 grand a year and hopefully more in the, in the coming years. Like, sure. Sure. And I want to be clear too. I'm talking about revenue numbers that are gross and not net. Um, Of course, of course. But just, (laughs) I would, I would say one, I was already in the space. I was already a name that people knew. I had relationships that had been built up over years and years. And there was sort of a pent up demand, I think, for people wanting to work with me. Um, I would say a lot of that was due to how present I was on social media, primarily LinkedIn, but also, you know, building Instagram, starting a podcast, those sorts of things tremendously helped me from a business development standpoint. Um, I think also, you know, I do have support in the form of a virtual assistant. I'm really lucky to have found someone who really fits. Um, and for people that are also like, oh, Allison has a virtual assistant. Well, well, how does that work? Like, what are the when? How did you yeah. find her? How much does yeah. it roughly cost? And you can throw a sure. range there. Yeah. And, uh, how, how do you manage that relationship versus like a regular actual, like, you know, physical assistant coming into the office? Yeah, right next to you, sort of recruiter. Yeah. And that was yeah. my challenge. Like, I had yeah. some fits and starts trying to find people to work with me. Um, and I I do think I do things a little bit differently. And my industry also is one where you have to develop almost a third language. Commercial real estate has its own sort of terminology and acronyms and all of that. But anyhow, so I actually was introduced to a company called Rocket Station. They are a BPO. Um, They have a ton of clients in the real estate and commercial real estate industry. So I had a comfort level that they understood at least to some degree what I was doing. Um, I went through an interview process with them to sort of scope out what the role would be. And right now it's, I would say it's a really strong combination of sourcing. So helping this, um, person to understand how to research and build candidate pipelines and, um, do some of the earlier stages of outreach. Yeah. And where does this person physically sit? Do they, are they in America? Are they, are they in Asia? Are they like Philippines or India or something? In the Phil- uh, in the Philippines, yes. Got it. And and you don't pay them directly, right? You you pay them through the BPO company. I pay them through the BPO. I'm able to pay bonuses and things like that, um, also directly to the individual got through it. the company. And, and um, how much yeah. how much does something like this cost? Is it is it like a thousand dollars a month? Is it less? Is it more? Like. Yeah. So they have they have sort of a flat rate. So you're paying. Um, if you're doing 20 hours a week, it's $12 an hour. Okay. If you're committing to 40 hours a week, it's $10 an hour. So I pay $1,600 a month to have this dedicated resource, you know, five days a week, eight hours a day. And is, is that, would you say, is that on the upper end of what these services cost for the lower end or right in the middle? It's on, I, I would say it's towards the top three quarters of the, yeah. the, yeah. the cost, but, but, Part of the reason that I chose this particular company, Rocket Station, is I, I again, didn't want, I don't know, I, I was very sensitive to the fact that I didn't want to take advantage of a person or, of course, or of course, pay of a course, company that was taking advantage of people. And so they have a great sort of setup for how these people receive benefits very similarly to an employee in the U.S. would um, sure. and the training that they receive and, and the culture of the organization. 
Also for me, as a, as a business owner who's pulled in a lot of different directions, the management of this person isn't 100% on my shoulders. I have an operations manager that I work with um, that, that works with me and Jaja to make sure that we are in sync and that that everything is going smoothly. And it's just been a tremendous experience. Uh, and, she and allows so, me. Go ahead. Uh, and so, Matt, and, and I'm going to follow up on, on what you're talking about, what she's going to allow you to do. But essentially, net-net, you're going to pay her about 8 to 10% of what you make this year gross. And so yeah. do you feel that she has helped you increase your productivity by, say, 20 or 25%? Absolutely. And maybe even okay. more than that. Yeah, okay. maybe even more than that. I, I think too, you know, you you see that I'm in this RV um, yeah. life world and I'm traveling around the country. For me, I don't know that I would have the comfort and the ability and the freedom to do that if I didn't have someone who sort of had my back in the way that she does. So I Got do it. feel really like she is my partner in helping helping me to run my business and, and also live my life the way that I want. Sure. That's, that's awesome. And, and yeah. Allison, what, what advice would you like sort of give someone who comes to you and they're like, Hey, I want to do what you're doing. Yeah, I, I would say start. Um, I'm a person who was sort of in research mode and knew she wanted to be an entrepreneur yeah. for 10 years. And I was sort of struggling and unhappy inside of big, you know, big companies and, and corporate bureaucratic environments. I think for me, I did not I didn't do it the right way. I didn't, I didn't put six months of expenses aside. I, I did not whatsoever. Um, and so <laughs> how, how much did you put aside? Just, just so people know, right. How, how I didn't hard put anything did you aside? I didn't put anything aside. How Truly. did you survive? How did you survive? Truly. So I survived because I had good credit and I had credit cards and <laughs> I honestly, crazy. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not, I did not do it the way that experts did, but I also got to a certain point where I was having such a bad experience. I felt like I had no other choice than got to, it. than to start my own company. Yeah, you and were like, so this, this job sucks. It's, it's destroying my brain and, and my soul a lot more yeah. than, you know, yes. the, the money's worth. I, exactly. Exactly. And, it, and, I, and it's worked out. It works. It out. It's worked out super well. Yeah, it has worked out super well. And I think part of the reason that it has worked out super well is that I have done everything possible in the 10 years prior of my career to help as many people as possible. And so okay. when I needed help and when I was launching a business, people wanted to help me. So as much as you can karma. plant seeds, exactly. It's all karma. It's all karma. Yeah. And people really showed up in a massive way for me when I, when I launched. And, and what are the growth plans now? So obviously you have a great life. You're, you're traveling the yeah. country. You're, you're living in your RV, which I'm guessing you're expensing to your business, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and so is the goal to just live this life and like make the good money or like is, is the goal to like scale this up and take all this money you're making, hire more people and like build yeah. like a million dollar recruitment business? Is that the goal? Like what's the goal and why? Yeah. So I think more about my industry and the things that I want to change. So if, if my industry was, was a person, 
Um, from a demographic perspective, it would be an older, you know, 55 plus white male. Um, you know, and, and, and that's yeah. being totally honest. Yeah. Like if you look yeah. at the demographics, yeah. it's just, it's yeah. not a space where you see a lot of women in leadership yeah. positions. Um, that there's not a ton of diversity in our business. Sure. And actually the, the statistic in terms of, you know, generations, we have 4% of our industry right now between the ages of 19 to 24, which yeah. is a measly small number. Yeah. And 46% of our industry is 55 and over. So we're about to fall off a demographic cliff. We need Crazy. young people. We need more diverse perspectives in our business. And so I want to scale up the company, but in such a way that we're able to change and, um, and really, I feel like modify the face of the industry to reflect the communities that we actually work in and serve. So and, and make I'm, more money and make more money, of <laughs> course, of course, like the more money, the more the more good I think we can do. Course, and and two, I think, you know, our industry has a very low barrier to entry and is a great place to create gener generational wealth. So if I can train recruiters who have their hearts in the right places, who want yeah. to make the industry a better place, and they in turn can invest in real estate for themselves, like they're going to change not just their families, but future generations. Yeah, of course, totally. And what what's the one thing you hate about running a recruitment business? What sucks? <sighs> Yeah, you know, um, I feel like recruiting sometimes is a very much what have you done for me lately kind of business. Yeah. Like the second that you've made that placement, you don't even have half a second to celebrate because you're already behind on six other things. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't um, compound. It's, you start with zero every yeah. month. Right. Like you're like, what did you do this month? Right. Yes, like, that's that's exactly right. And I think it's um it's hard to take a vacation because yeah. you're never you're never in the clear. You've always got yeah. things that are in some stage that need a lot of attention. So that that for me is probably the hardest. It I'm a to-do list person. I like to cross sure. things off and feel like I've accomplished everything I need to at the end of the day. I've probably never felt that way in my life. <laughs> Got it. And, and, and last, last question, right? Like, or last couple of questions. What, what's, what's advice you would give your 20 year old self? Oh, um, this is like sophomore or junior year of college, something like that. You know, I think, I think my advice would be, you don't have to have it all figured out right now okay. and everything will be okay. I obviously okay. made a choice to go down a certain career path that as soon as I was ready to do it, I didn't have the option. And so yeah. I think the more flexible we can be and, and the more open-minded we can be, the better off and the happier we'll be in the long run. And, and sure. And, and last question, Allison, what, what, mm -hmm. what's, what's Allison's life like? Like, do you have, do you have dogs, cats, the yeah. boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, like what, what's, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> I have, I have two dogs, one who travels with me. Uh, That's his cool. name is, yeah, his name is Juno. He's a 13 year old Husky rescue. I have another Husky mix that my parents take care of because she's 14 and doesn't like the okay. road anymore, but yeah, just seeing the country traveling all over, um, with a focus on beaches. I love, I love the coast. So East coast, West coast, all over the country. That's awesome, Allison. I'm, I'm sure people listening to this would have been like, hey, that's this is sort of the life I want, right? I want to make good money. I want to be yeah. in a cool RV, travel around the country, talk to yeah. great people and have a good life. 
I think it's incredibly available to you. And when I had the yeah. idea for it, it didn't make sense to me. And sometimes my best ideas um, and the best sort of nudges I get from the universe um, don't make sense. But when you follow sure. them, you sort of start to understand that, you know, it's all it's all meant to be. You just have to have the courage to to go out and do it for yourself. You just have to have the courage to go out and do it for yourself. There we have it, guys. That's Allison Weiss. <laughs> Allison, thanks a bunch for doing this. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to be with you. And that's all for today's episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs. Like and follow us if you liked today's episode and want to hear more stories from the world of recruitment. Mm-hmm.